Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes, joining you from yet another fucking block party. And joining me <laughs> is my sidekick. Hey, I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Um, yeah. We had a couple weeks without block party, like we had a lot of rain. There was a hurricane. There was a hurricane, there was like 9-11 stuff. And I thought May, and then it, it became mid-September, and it got a little chilly outside. I thought block parties were gone. Block party nope. season was concluded. There's but no, it was not. Two block parties going on in the neighborhood today. Yep. So one of them directly adjacent to us. Yeah, but it's chillier, so we can close the windows. So it sounds like it's at least one block away further than it is. Yeah. So so oh, whatever. Problem more yeah. or less solved. Yeah, man. Yeah. Bedsty like to party. I guess. I mean, I feel like. The people on the block next to us maybe don't, because I didn't see any bouncy castles. Well, it's weird, because we're not on those kind of blocks. Those are like the, you know, yeah. cross street blocks, whereas we're on one of the big avenues. And you can't block off, you know, our section of the avenue, because it's a main throughway. Yeah. So I don't think we'll have a block party. Well, no, I mean... What, I mean, are, the, what are the block party rules? Like, does it have to be the street that the party's on? Does it have to be, like, your door opens onto it? I, I don't I don't know. I'm just saying the, the, the block immediately adjacent to us, where the party is occurring now, uh-huh. did not have a bouncy castle that I could see. That's true. So it's like... And the, the weird guy that usually sells the balloons? I saw him by the laundromat a little while ago. He had them all. I don't think he made a sale today. I think our block doesn't know how to party? No, yeah. no. They got one guy who's trying to DJ really loud... And it's not even fun block party music. I mean, I haven't heard the Tom Tom Club once. I don't think that should be the standard by which we judge these things. (laughs) But, you know, as a running gag, it's sufficient. I declare the Tom Tom Club to be a Breakfast with the Beak running gag. Enjoy, America. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, you know, no Blondie, no Adamant. (laughs) When did this happen? It's not. That, well, I understand that it's not, but when <laughs> was it ever? I, I was hoping we'd work up to it, I guess. Well, that has I, not happened today. I would actually go to the blog party where they just played nothing but Adam Ant. It'd be great. Well, yeah, so would we all, but <laughs> I mean... That, Maybe in Williamsburg? No, probably. That's like two trains. Fuck that, no. Yeah, no. I'll just tell you what. I'll just go listen to Adam Ant later. Problem yeah, solved. You do that. Boom. Yeah. Problem solved. That's okay. Do that on your Sunday. Yeah. Internet, America. Sure. You guys. Listen to you listen to Prince on Friday. You listen to Adam Man on Sunday. It all balances out. Yeah. There you go. You got a little. Anyway, let's roll a topic. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, let's do that. Got some dice. Let's add that up. That comes out to uh, twenty-eight. Is the topic adamant? Because if so, we're ahead of the game today. It's not. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay. It, yeah. So, meh. yeah. No. <laughs> the topic is. Yeah, that's right. The topic is white holes, suggested by Greg in Brooklyn. Oh, thank God! I thought the topic was man. Thank you, Greg. White holes. Yeah. Yeah. Next week, the topic is going to be man. So, huh? <laughs> that's pretty cool. No, white holes, I mean. Oh, okay. I was like, no, it's not. That's a terrible idea for a time. Man, that's a terrible idea. No, no. uh, Yeah, no. I mean, uh, a little astrophysics. A little astrophysics. A little little astronomy. A little space. All right. I am not going to be completely out of my depth. All right. (laughs) Yeah, this is cool. Okay. So, white holes. I guess we should explain what those are. I think 
Yes, we should. How about you? You you start. Okay. And right. once you're up to my level of expertise, I'll chime in. <laughs> yeah. All right. I see where this is going. All right. White holes are a a theoretical body in space. It, they've never actually found one or proven that one exists. All right. But it's basically the opposite of a black hole. You know how a black hole is, you know, super dense, big thing that sucks in matter and sucks in light. It's out in space and it just eats things. We know those are out there. It's, you know, it's been proven by gravitational readings and stuff like that. By science. By science, there yes. There go. There's one, there's like, for example, there's this, a black hole at the center of our galaxy. And it sucked in a bunch of stuff, and every the whole rest of our galaxy is basically in orbit around the black hole, and that's why it looks like a big swirly thing. You know, I do enjoy a good swirly thing, so yeah, yeah there we go. Way galaxy, big swirly thing. All so, right, yeah. yeah. So a white hole is basically the opposite of that. It spits matter and light and stuff into the universe. Yeah, you can't. All right. The the theory is you can't actually enter a white hole. But stuff gets spit out of it. Where might that stuff be coming from? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's that's an interesting question. Well, with you know, it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's creating matter, but does it have a finite supply in there? What's going on? Well, it does. It does beg the question because I mean, you think about you know the law of conservation of of matter and law of conservation of energy, which are kind of the same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Are are you know one of the most fundamental constants. As, as we think of them in the universe. You can't yeah. actually annihilate anything completely. Yeah, no, you just turn it into yeah. less useful stuff. Yeah, exactly. Entropy. Yeah. But, yeah, you can convert matter to energy, but you don't get perfect, you know, one-for-one one energy out of matter you consume. There's yeah. waste and whatnot. Yeah, that's correct. But you don't actually destroy anything. But by, by the same token, you can't create anymore. Well, this theory is putting that on its head, saying that, yeah, it's spitting new stuff in. So... There's been this wild theory lately that um, oh, it's the best kind. Sure, that, that black holes and white holes are actually opposite ends of wormholes traveling through different universes. Traveling through, as in, like connecting a universe to another universe. Exactly. All right. Yeah. It's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a mean, fucking huge deal. It is. It is. The, the, the concept basically, yeah, you have a black hole sucking matter out of one universe and spitting it into another one. And the, the one of the big new theories on the table is that that is the explanation of the Big Bang. The, the Big Bang was actually a white hole forming and creating a new universe. See, now that... That has all the ingredients. Mm-hmm. In my mind, that has all the ingredients. Yeah. For senators to get really upset at other universes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they took our matter. They took our matter! They took our matter! They took our photons! Exactly. Those and, are our photons! And if we perhaps point out to them that we are ourselves a universe, which <laughs> had to take someone else's matter... <laughs> they're, they're not going to remember that bit. That's yeah. different. That's yeah, no, different. no. Manifest destiny. Yeah, yeah. That was our universe. We came and we conquered it, and yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, a, that's a good parallel. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you told certain senators that, they'd, uh, they'd, they'd pass a bill of fence around the nearest black hole. <laughs> it's funny because it would suck in the fence. It would. 
I mean, you know, and it's like the workers, that's not cool, but, you know, they got a union, their widows will be taken care of. Yeah, and I thought this was just kind of a crazy fringe idea. Yeah, you know, it sounds like one. Well, yeah, like just wild out there science that, you know, sounds like an awesome theory, but how are you going to prove it? I can completely picture Mulder saying it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But uh, I was listening to StarTalk Radio a couple weeks ago. Uh, which is a, a, one of my favorite podcasts. It's hosted by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Who I love. That, uh, and I should be listening to it because I love him so much. It's great. You'll enjoy it. It's yeah, crush. <laughs> he is, he is the, the cool face of astrophysics today. He is. I mean, bear in mind, I am a person who idolizes on, on several levels Carl Sagan. Mm-hmm. I dressed as Carl Sagan for Halloween on at least two occasions. With good cause. Yeah. I Carl mean, Sagan I had, was awesome. I had more hair back then, so it was easier. Yeah. Um, and so y- the phrase, new Carl Sagan, is not something I throw around lightly. Right. Neil deGrasse Tyson, to me, is the new Carl Sagan full stop. I, I think that is, is an, uh, a perfectly reasonable analogy. Uh, it's, he's, you know, a, you guys... If you're not science buffs, they've probably seen him on, like, Stephen Colbert, Daily Show, that kind of stuff. He's been on the Colbert Report many times. He, he was, I believe he was their first guest. Quite possibly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, um, he was definitely one of their very early guests and has been sense. back, like, more than almost anyone. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he, he runs the, you know, astrophysics department at the Museum of Natural History here in New York. Yes, he, uh, the planetarium, Hayden Planetarium. The pla- Hayden Planetarium, thank you. And, uh, you know, he just, he makes these appearances, he has... Tons of friends in the scientific community, but he also has tons of friends in, you know, stand-up comedy circles. Yes, he does. You, I believe you said Eugene Merman has been on his show. Yeah, Eugene Merman will co-host sometimes, uh, Chuck Nice, yeah. you know, just all kinds of people. Uh, a, a few weeks ago when we were, uh, you know, recounting getting caught in the rain at a, at a They Might Be Giants concert right. in he was, he was at the They he Might Be Giants show. Being interviewed by Eugene Merman. It was awesome. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, and, and he's a, an incredibly knowledgeable scientist, you know. And he just happens to also do a great podcast. So, a couple weeks ago, I was listening to Star Talk Radio, look it up on iTunes, and he was, his co-host for the day was Morgan Freeman. Morgan fucking Freeman. Because Morgan Freeman hosts an astronomy show on the Discovery Channel now. Which called through the wormhole. That's which is fine. When I'm wonderful in, space, in and of itself. If I'm in the depths of intergalactic space, the utter blackness between galaxies. Yeah, man, that's the voice I want. Just keeping everything okay. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want his voice over the intercom. Yeah. On the ship. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so they were talking about black holes and white holes and wormholes and through the universe and stuff and some of the stuff we were just talking about, but smarter than us. Well. They're professional. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson is a professional, and Morgan Freeman just... he I, I just trust him. I just trust him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> certainly. Certainly. So, they're, they're talking about this stuff, and Neil, De, Neil deGrasse Tyson says, point blank, if you fly into a rotating black hole at the correct trajectory, you will go through to another universe. And according to him... This is this point blank. He's not. He's not doing a bit. Yeah. Uh, according to him, this is demonstrated by some of Einstein's equations. And and yeah. And I heard this. You you actually played this for I me. Played the clip for you. Yeah. Yes. And uh, and indeed, he did not say this is what I mean. Anything in science is, of course, comes with a disclaimer. This is how we currently understand it. Right. Right. But if you find more evidence to disprove it, then you have to factor yeah. that in. 
But he didn't hedge his bets any more than that. He didn't say this is one possibility. He said, as far as we know, this is what happens. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you pop out in another universe. Yeah, so boom. Holy shit. Holy shit, right? <laughs> this is an amazing thing. <laughs> It's <laughs> a whole other universe. The, the problem is, though, I mean, black holes are crazy dangerous. Oh, There's, yeah, yeah. The, you yeah, know, it's, uh, the speed of light cannot escape, Yeah, you know, it's, it's pull. Yeah, light is slurped into it, and it's this big, swirly death vortex. Oh, yeah. Where? You, yeah, you'd be just ripped into shreds that get ripped into shreds. It's the place where subatomic particles go to get away from other subatomic particles. Yeah, yeah. It is brutal. So if you tried to just fly a ship in there without knowing what you're doing, boom, you are... I believe I've heard the process called... Uh, I, I've heard it described as spaghettification. Absolutely. Spaghettification. In fact, Tyson even uses that term. So yeah. yeah um, Stephen that... Hawking uses that term as well. Spaghettification. I'm so fucking impressed <laughs> that his computer has probably been tweaked to pronounce that correctly. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's so amazing. Absolutely. That's that's wonderful. (laughs) He had to call some tech guy to get him to come in and plug that in. It's so great to me. And I looked through through some of Stephen Hawking's books in the index, and he doesn't make mention of white holes. Um, Of course, stuff like Brief History of Time were written a while ago. Yeah, I I mean, even the newer editions have been out. I mean, like, white holes, I, I didn't hear... Anything about them outside of science fiction until very recently. It's, like, a, it's a newer term. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I'm sure the term has been around for a while just because, you know, we already have black holes, let's give them some more colors. You yeah. Know, let's, what's the opposite of that? Well, duh, it's a white hole. Or a white hill, I guess. White hill? Oh, because hole hill. Like, yeah. if you, you know, right. a, a hole is a dent in the ground and a I, hill is a bump on the ground. I see what so. you're saying, yeah. But we're not <laughs> on the ground. We're in fucking space. Yeah, there's no room for hills in space. <laughs> yeah, gravity can warp, but it always kind of warps down. You've always got the well if there's mass in there, you know, so. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but what if you didn't? What if something was making you go up? Holy shit. No, that's, that's getting silly. There's no up in space. Yeah, that's also true. Yeah. But Hawking does make um, he does make mention of black holes being connected to wormholes. Yeah, and okay, you've seen Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. Indeed, of I course. have. Of course, the whole concept of that was that there's a wormhole, which they describe as basically a gate between two points of space. Yeah, and the uh, you know kind of thesis of that series was that this was the first stable wormhole that always opened at the same place and closed, and you know. Yeah. Or open at the two same places. And it was eventually revealed that this was because some weird aliens were inside it and they had made it that way. Yeah. So, you know, not a naturally occurring phenomenon. But the the wormhole in DS9 was a gateway. You could go back and forth. Yes. You could go from, you know, Bajor to the Delta Quadrant. Good for them. And back. And was it the Delta Quadrant or was it the Gamma Quadrant? No, it was the Delta, right? And- if it was the Delta Quadrant, that's a major plot hole in Voyager. It was the Gamma Quadrant. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Deep Space Nine went to the Gamma Quadrant, yeah. and then, yeah, Janeway was in the Delta Quadrant. Yeah. They wouldn't fuck that up. It's like, that would be a major plot hole. It's like, yeah. why don't we go to Bajor? That would fix everything. But no, no, no. Right, right, right. We could right. meet up with Cisco, have a party on a, on a space station, and then who knows what the rest of the series would be about. It w- you know what? We're going to write this fan fiction later, but... Yeah, that's unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah, no. 
Because, and the other problem is then if it had gone to the Delta Quadrant, they would have run it to the Borg instead of the Dominion. That's too much. That's then they It's wouldn't always have the about Star Trek. It always ties back. You know? Well, we're talking about space stuff. We are. We are. We're, talk- we, we're literally talking about wormholes, which is sort of central to the premise of Deep Space Nine. And so- yeah, exactly. Yeah. The concept of wormholes is, is used differently by different scientists. Yeah. Like, maybe it's we can create a little tunnel to shoot things through. Maybe we can. Maybe they just kind of pop here and there. We don't really know, but the 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 way it's come up most often recently is the you know, the black hole white hole thing. Yes, mm-hmm. and you, it's a one way trip to another fucking universe. Right, but you can't come back. You can't go through the white hole and and come up, come back through the black hole. It's you can like, go through another black hole, but that just takes you to probably a third universe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So there's no. There's there's no way to reliably go back and forth from your universe to the next in in this idea here. Yeah. So yeah, still awesome though, and uh, yeah, still fucking awesome. <laughs> it's an amazing con. And the thing is, just the concept of alternate universes in and of itself. Yeah. Is is a hell of a thing to get your mind around. But yeah. there's there's kind of two different kinds of thought with the parallel universe thing. Okay. And and one, which you're familiar with this, I'm sure. All right. Uh, you know, one is just, there are lots of other universes. Done. University things happen there. Yes. And the other one, though, is is the, the idea that every time you make a decision, every possibility branches off into another universe. Yeah. That always seemed ridiculously far-fetched to me. And, it's, and that seems like, that seems like it's a slightly too easy way of making a universe. Yeah, like, there should be more consequences than that. Like, like it's an easy enough concept to get your head around. I mean, that part of the part, part of what I think makes that sort of hard to believe is yeah. that it's an easy concept to get my head around. It's like, I understand this. Yeah. There's no way the universe could actually work this way because I understand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, too, how would it... I'm actually pretty good at it, you know, like... <laughs> When I, when I find out that there's, you know, like, a bunch of different Supermans, Supermen, mm-hmm. and, you know, because DC doesn't want to condense it all to one continuity, although apparently they're doing that now, again, even though they have to do it every few years because they keep returning to the temptation of writing more universes. Yeah. Whatever. The point is, okay, there's Superman in the 40s, and then there's Superman now, whatever. I can handle that, you know? Yeah. It's like... The fact that I can handle that so easily and, and keep track of these timelines <laughs> to me says there's no fucking way it would actually work that way. Yeah, and the other thing is, it seems a little too a little too easy for the human ego. Yeah, it's a little too. Yeah, uh, I, I feel like now that, that Galileo has basically been vindicated. Yes, we do understand that you know heliocentric uh, solar system and all that. Right. I feel like we need to to bring back the word geocentric yeah. to describe the the sort of hypothetical bigotry that humans have against the rest of the universe. Right, right, right. The, that you know, we assume aliens will be just like us or that even if they're not like us when humans are allowed to join the federation, we're just going to be natural leaders or that we're somehow the uh the, the cosmic average, and everything is either a derivation of one of our societies or, you know, slightly less than or greater than one of our societies. You're typical Star Trek fodder, really. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Star Trek aliens are <clears throat> very much, to use the term I've coined, geocentric. geocentric. Certainly. Uh, yeah, just, just the idea that 
a whole other universe will come into being based on whether I had a bagel for breakfast or waffles is profoundly stupid. So I guess because like okay. effectively, I don't think that would change much. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I mean, like yeah, maybe a butterfly flaps its wings and the world blows up or something. But probably the bagel waffle issue will not change much. <laughs> and even their you know carb count is similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're, they're nutritionally very similar items. They both both got freeze dried blueberries. In exactly. Them. It's not like it's not like in the universe where you ate the bagel, you you started getting tired around four o'clock and got hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, or. You know. No. The, the waffle Nazis came. Yeah, no. And, uh, right. Yeah, it's... I mean, a universe with waffle Nazis, I think the difference there, the significant difference, would be the existence of waffle Nazis, <laughs> right. not that you ate a waffle. <laughs> Clearly, in the waffle Nazi universe, we would be part of the resistance. I mean, yeah, duh, I love waffles. <laughs> right, exactly. So, I mean, that's that's enough weirdness for a whole separate universe. Unless the waffle Nazis were pro waffle, in which case, I still feel like I'd be against them because they're they're Nazis. But I think I'd be like trying to, I'd be like the the pathetic activist who gets just shot down on Fox News trying to. Explain that waffles are not inherently evil. Yeah, I, I mean the the whole waffle Nazi concept is a weird thing to get your head around because they just just because they call themselves Nazis. Yeah, it's true. You know, do they have our kind of Nazi stuff with you know death camps and things, or is it really all just waffle stuff? Well, In which case, why are they called Nazis? What would go into the, into the death camps? Would it be like pop tarts? I don't yeah, know. Would it be people who eat pop tarts, or would it be the pop tarts themselves? And would that really be a, a death camp or just a large trash can? <laughs> <laughs> so the, uh, the the universe where kind of everything is centered around breakfast foods, fine. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, look, we don't I, live in that one. Yeah, no. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, that's really the thing I agree with Ron Swanson about more than anything. It's just the, the supremacy of breakfast foods. I mean... <laughs> breakfast foods are awesome. Yeah. And you can eat them any part of the day. Brenner, yeah. Brenner is a wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, the point is, that universe, we're kind of ruling it out here. I mean... Yeah. Because for even for the Waffle Nazi universe to exist, that implies, you know, Earth exists, evolution took roughly the same course... Right. And on and on and on. Yeah, and yeah. Much of history took the same course right up until shit got weird with the breakfast foods. Yeah, that seems very implausible to me. And and just the amount of stuff it takes to make a universe. Yeah. You know, really, are they going to be all that matter and antimatter and light and everything? Well, that's exactly... Because it, you just... Even if there's a way to create universes... I don't think that is what it is. I don't think I'm creating massive, mass-scale quantum events. No, I mean, and and actually, speaking of just the amount of stuff it takes to make a universe... Right. Now, given the possibility of, let's say, an infinite number of alternate universes, which is always one of the phrases, stock phrases, trotted out in discussions of alternate universes... Yeah. The idea that there could be an infinite number of them... Mm-hmm. And in an infinite number of... Anything where some of those things are inhabited? Yeah. By definition, you know, infinity minus the number of inhabited universes, still infinity. Right. There's going to be an infinite number of empty universes. Yeah, yeah. universes where life never took off. Certainly. And uh, this actually ties into something that we were talking about, just I, because we've had white holes on the brain. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about going that direction, Yeah. Reporting lately, um. but but go on. I think this was originally a, a 
Lee, I want to say Lee Smolin came up with this idea. It sounds right. But um, I think we both read about it in a Richard Dawkins book initially. I did. I do recall seeing it in a Richard Dawkins book. Okay. Uh, proceed. But, but the notion is that given that most universes are going to be empty or mostly empty or just not really suitable for you know things happening the way they happen in this universe. Yeah. I.e., you know, the, your magnetic forces and nuclear forces and stuff. Uh huh. Not really lining up to be to enable the formation of stars and planets and Your so forth. Basic principles that make the universe yeah. do what it does. The basic laws of physics are not going to be right. Yeah, for the universe the, to work. Right, right. If yeah. you if you tweak like you know gravity a little bit or mass density a little bit or you know any one of those just cosmic numbers, then everything falls apart. Yes. Yeah. But for black holes to form, uh-huh. requires. Uh, I believe it's after a supernova, like the collapse of a star after a supernova. <laughs> um, well, that's that's one way to make a black hole. Yeah. Well, the point it's, is, it's 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 basically just a, a certain amount of density yeah. collapsing into itself. And but, a yeah. supernova certainly qualifies. Yeah. Well, the point yeah. being that you know the these sort of stars that would uh, collapse into a supernova, yeah, require not just hydrogen and helium, but heavier elements. Yes. And those heavier elements are formed by the deaths of more primitive stars, right. which are formed from the hydrogen and helium that was all barked into existence at the creation of the universe. Right, exactly. To have your your high uh, high atomic numbers, yeah. you actually need stars to form and explode yeah. over the course of millions of years. It begins with just hydrogen and helium, and then yeah. stars go through their life cycle, and then when the stars, you know, reach the end of their cycle and are destroyed, that's where the heavier elements form from. Right, to create things like iron and carbon, the things yes. that we think of as making life. Yes. Yeah. So, for a black hole to exist, several generations of stars have to exist first. Yeah. Which means black holes can only exist in universes that aren't empty. Right. Or at least in universes that are somewhat similar to ours. Mm-hmm. And if indeed universes are created by white holes spitting out stuff sucked in by black holes. Yeah. That means that we basically got sort of a theory of natural selection for universes. Right, right. Kind of parent universes and daughter universes. Yeah. Yeah. A universe can only be created by a universe where stars and presumably planets and heavy elements exist. Yeah. A A black hole can only exist in a universe with heavy elements. Therefore, that universe is probably going to have planets some of which may support life, some of which may not, a universe that doesn't have these things won't be able to uh, reproduce effectively. <laughs> right, it would be, be like a... It'd be sterile, yes. in effect. And uh, yeah, and then it would... The, the idea, I guess, is that um, a universe with the principles to create a thriving universe would pass on those principles through the yes, white hole. exactly. Yeah. It's, yeah, basically applying the principles of natural selection in kind of its most basic form. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's... In terms of, uh, you know, the sophistication of how shit is passed on, we're, it's practically down to, like, a bacterial level. Yeah. yeah. So, hey... It's a fascinating idea. So just think of this, you know, listeners. That time you were stoned, and your buddy was like, what if the whole universe is inside a, a single molecule in an amoeba somewhere? Uh-huh. Yeah, that theory just got some fucking credence. Yeah, in a way, yeah. Yeah, so enjoy that. (laughs) (laughs) And and of course, Richard Dawkins he likes to he he likes to come up with analogs to natural selection beyond just 
Earth biology. Being an evolutionary biologist, that makes a lot of sense for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he created the whole concept of memetics in the 70s just yeah. as a... Uh, just as to try to find an analog. Yeah. And the internet ruined a little bit? Well, I mean... But at the same time, the the, the principle of, of a meme still stands. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, like, a single picture of a cat saying something funny... Yeah. That's not a meme. That's just a picture of a cat saying something funny. Right. But millions of pictures of millions of cats saying things of varying levels of humor each of which can be spread infinitely right. you know without ever diminishing the the original because it's a you know perfect digital reproduction every time that is kind of memetics defined well and and just the mental behavior of somebody had the idea to show people a funny cat picture yeah. and then gave other people the idea to show people funny cat pictures i can't th- i can't even look at one of those those fat, fluffy gray cats uh-huh. without thinking about cheeseburgers. There you go. Yeah, the, the idea has been, you know, was has been passed on. So it's, it's you can think of it that way too, as, as just uh, all these these three examples. You know, ideas, basic organic biology, and now universes spawning other universes. The same kind of principle of things that are good at reproducing reproduce. Yeah, you know the basic premise of natural selection, it, it sort of fits. So, you know, that's that's kind of what the current thinking on white holes is. You and know. That's, that's fine. That's amazing. Yeah. You know. I mean, holy <laughs> shit, a whole other universe. <laughs> yeah. Just, holy shit. <laughs> Just, I, I don't even know what I would do there. Like... <laughs> I, 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 I haven't even seen much of this universe. Well, yeah, I mean, I imagine you'd find a place to go, you yeah. know. Because it, it's still, you know, it's still another place with space, so yeah. you'd want a, a ship that can travel vast distances quickly. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even done most of the stuff in this one yet. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. I haven't even done all the stuff on one yeah. planet, so... It's like you, you go to Disney World... And you spend the whole day in line for the Haunted Mansion, and then the next day your dad's like, fuck it, today we're doing Epcot. What? Yeah, no. you didn't finish Magic Kingdom, yeah. holy shit. So, yeah, we're probably, you know, not going to make it to the other universe, or any of the other universes, Yeah, because we don't have time. But it's still, it's awesome that it's, it's out there. Yeah, I know, it, it's cool. I mean, and hey, if some other universe... Has like a, a black hole that you guys have come through to here. You know, tell us where our white hole is. That'd well, be nice of you. you know, yeah, well, I mean, it could be out there anywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, again, geocentric. We're probably not at the center of the universe. Well, no, but I'm just saying, you know, there there could be some somewhere. And so, you know, I mean, uh, oh yeah, if somebody hears this and decides to come explain it, that'd be that'd be mighty nice of you. That'd be that'd be neat. Yeah. Yeah. There's one other interesting implication. With the theory of universes spawning new universes, it, which is that it, it gives a certain eternity that the current model of the universe doesn't have. I mean, the the question for a long time was: Will the universe eventually collapse back in upon itself, or will it spread out ever and eventually it'll just be entropy and everything will go dark yeah. and empty? And the kind of observations and just mathematics over the last fifty years or so have basically given us the the conclusion that the universe is not going to collapse back upon itself, it's just going to spread out forever, and yeah, you know, everything, all the energy runs out, all the stars die, 
that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, in other words, we'll just we'll have a long, slow, cold death yes. of the universe. But if instead of just doing that, in the process, through black holes, we're spawning new universes, then that is essentially an endless cycle. Yeah. Yeah. So, what much like people, a human can't live forever, mm-hmm. but a human can reproduce, can make new humans, and spread their genes, yeah. and, and certain, you know, genes and chromosomes and whatnot can go on theoretically forever. Yes. As long as you can keep passing them now. Indeed. So, yeah, I mean, it's, there's another parallel, and kind of, kind of hope for, hey, yeah. not that it fundamentally matters to us as individuals, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna see it. Yeah. But it's, you know... You can think of the Earth being burned up as the as the the sun expands and dies, and you know the universe. Even if we escape that, if we ever colonize other planets, you know, eventually yeah. the universe putters away. But the idea that it could spawn new universes and in some way go on forever is pretty cool. That is not a bad thought. That it's a neat thought. Don't fuck up the next one. <laughs> we haven't fucked up the universe. We've just fucked up parts of our planet. Well, still. <laughs> I feel like we're, we're, we're dragging the cosmic average down. Well, I, I mean, there's, there, there are lots of sci-fi realities where humans spread out, colonize lots of planets, explore yeah. lots of things. And in, in, some, in, in some, you know, humans become dominant, and in some they're just one voice amongst mil, you know, billions. Mm-hmm. So, it, it'll be, you know, and in some we destroy ourselves before we ever get to that, and Indeed. we're nothing. <laughs> So it'll be interesting to see what humans end up doing. Yeah, and uh, I don't want to end on a down note like that. No, the good I'm just news trying is to end the, on an up note. The good news is the other universe will not care. Yeah, yeah, brand new holy, yeah, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until next week, uh, holy fucking shit, <laughs> whole universes. Yeah, white holes are awesome. That's the answer right there. White holes are awesome. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, so now you know. Now you know, and knowing is a whole fucking universe. <laughs> Holy shit. All right, now go have some waffles or bagels and yeah, watch out for those waffle Nazis. <laughs>